The All Souls Witchy Women Podcast, Episode 14, Secrets in the All Souls Trilogy. Welcome to All Souls Witchy Women, a fan and definitely not official podcast where we talk all things All Souls. We are three women who met over Outlander and then jumped into the All Souls world like the time-traveling witches we wish we were. You can't go more than about 25 pages in the All Souls trilogy without someone tripping over a secret, either when they kept or when they discovered or when they're forced, being forced to maintain. The whole process of looking for Ashmole 782 is about trying to uncover the secrets that it holds for demons, witches, and vampires. It never goes well, or usually never. So we're going to look at secrets and the trouble they cause in the All Souls trilogy. And to look into those secrets, uh, my fellow witchy women, Janet. Hello. And Ashley. I can keep anything in the vault. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so the three of us are going to talk about secrets. But before we jump into the All Souls trilogy, we need to have an Outlander moment. There's a pivotal moment in the first book of Outlander uh, where Jamie and Frazier have a show. (laughs) Oh, this podcast is going to go well. It is. I can just tell. (laughs) Some people do wish there were two of him, so it's okay. (laughs) Words. Okay. Okay. There is a pivotal moment in Outlander where Jamie and Claire... Um, have to decide how they're going to manage the secrets that they both have in their lives. I'm just going to use the words from the book to talk about this scene. So Jamie says to Claire, there are things that I cannot tell you, at least not yet, and I'll ask nothing of you that you cannot give me. But what I would ask of you, when you do tell me something, let it be the truth, and I'll promise you the same. We have nothing now between us save respect, perhaps. And I think that respect has maybe room for secrets, but not for lies. Do you agree? And Claire says, yes, I agree. I'll give you honesty. And then that lasts for like, (laughs) how long before they just step right over that? But yes, God, I I do love that line, that passage. I know, I love it. But what do you think about that though? I mean, is there room for secrets, but not for lies? I don't know, it's tricky as our discussion will show. I think so. That's me. Here's my two cents. I feel like, um, is there like qualifying factors? Like, does the secret put, you know, does it affect the other person that you're keeping it from? Is there anything to be um, harmed about them? Does it have anything to do with them? I I feel like there are certain things and maybe I'm just thinking of like, you know, having partner or spouse um, and like things that we keep safe for friends that don't necessarily have to Mm -hmm. involve partner input or knowledge um, or vice versa. And it's something that doesn't cross or intersect their paths or could put them in harm's way or something to that effect. So I don't know. I kind of think there, there are some occasions in which there is room for this to be accurate. I've had a devil of a time thinking about this podcast because I think about the secrets, both what I would categorize secrets in my own life and what I secrets from the book. I keep coming back to a secret is just a truth that hasn't been told yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
because sometimes you you intentionally keep a secret, but sometimes you have something that's buried deep inside of you and it's just, it's, it's not ready to come out yet. It's not appropriate for it to come out or maybe it'll never come out at all, but it's not, you know, it's, it's more about you. It's not the other people so much. And, you know, some of the things that, that we're going to talk about that are secrets between Matthew and Diana, um, especially I, most of these are in the first book. They're just things that haven't come out yet that maybe, I mean, we, so we know them as book readers, so we know that they're secrets, but they just haven't evolved in their relationship enough. And, you know, as you're in a relationship, you tell stories over time, right? You get to know each other and things gradually come out. Matthew probably wouldn't lead off on a date that he's 1500 years old you gotta ease into that shit you know (laughs) so it's a secret but eh. or that he killed somebody he loved like oops dang right yeah blood rage that's like fifth date material right yeah not in the beginning i like that by the way i like the idea that uh that you've just described that secrets are just they can still be a little doughy on the inside they're not quite baked and ready to come out of the (laughs) oven yet they're just doughy and they could cause harm you don't want any like you know you don't want any raw eggs digesting in the cookies right they're just doughy. secret salmonella yes no i think i think that's good and i hadn't thought of it that way before uh and I definitely, you know, I'm going to put that over in my sort of remember that. <laughs> should should a secret ever come out unintentionally on my part, I can then say, oh, well, it just wasn't appropriate yet. And see, that, that makes me question basically my whole life <laughs> in, in saying that. But I mean, I think one of the challenges of secrets is that it, as with other behaviors it can become a it can become habit forming it can become a crutch i think sure and i think when that happens you know it's the likelihood of it becoming potentially damaging increases right yeah um agreed now that we still don't know what a secret is not a clue right right other than it's possible it's possible i've kept a few I've definitely kept a few, and I'm not sure whether they're like, are they secrets? Are they, I know we were talking about like, are they lies of omission? I'm like, or are they just an omission of information? It's not a lie. It's not a truth. It's just, to Nikki's point, it just hasn't been shared yet. It wasn't meant, you know, it's not saying it wouldn't come out. But now, yes, now I'm going to question it all. (laughs) Well, I I think one of the challenges about secrets is that the person who's keeping it may have all the best intentions, right? But then inadvertently or whatever, the person they're keeping the secret from discovers it. And there's just no way for that person not to react negatively. You know, in other words, it's hard for that person to sort of say, oh, I get it. You were just trying to protect my feelings because it just doesn't feel that way. Right. Um, Typically, you know, if I were talking about this hypothetically. (laughs) Yeah, of course. <laughs> hypothetically, right? Um, so, <laughs> hypothetically, and not in all in a super applicable way, as found in this book series. <laughs> yeah, right. Or in my life, ever. Right. No, I know. I know, and I think that's. I think that's. You know, because then it just starts to become lame. Well, I was going to tell you, but it wasn't baked yet. <laughs> I don't right. know. 
I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm married to an attorney who is a professional arguer. Um, oh, you know. Well, yeah, it's it's hard to pull anything over, and once it's out, it's it just generally never goes well. <laughs> that would be obnoxious. It's true. It's true. I have. I mean, I've learned to be a better arguer as a result. But yeah. is that a skill I needed? I don't know. I can't think of a better pairing right now for this conversation as a lawyer and a professional wordsmither like yourself, like a journalist <laughs> oh in the God. art of putting words together. I just subscribe. I went in on the couch. I want to watch all the moments take place. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. So the next time you're having an argument, can you just FaceTime us? Okay. Yeah. Sure. That'll... Just... Yeah. Just set the phone on the table. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to know. Right. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'll remember that. If nothing so, else, it, it will be entertaining. Except when Nikki and I forget we're supposed to be on mute and we're like crunching cocktail ice and like, oh, good point. Good point. Oh, good. Objection. Right. 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 Yeah. Anyway, I feel fairly confident that he could parse this whole secret thing down to a, a, way, a way and a place where... Um, yeah, it would never go well for me. <laughs> Just saying, because, because you know, he can figure that out. Anyway, well, so we have, for the purposes of this podcast, there are so many freaking secrets. Yes, in these books, they're just everywhere. That if we wanted to talk about all of them, this would be like a fifteen-part series, and ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> so yeah. We have picked some of our, not favorite, but some of the some of the secrets that really stand out in the books um, to talk about. Yeah, and I mean, so it it seems appropriate maybe to start with the biggest secret of them all, <laughs> and that's the secret that Stephen and Rebecca kept from, well, everybody. Everybody. Yeah. And see, this is one of the problems with secrets, right? If it dies with you, then like maybe that wasn't your intent, right? Right. And so therefore it can really, you know, in other words, you may have had good intentions with how you were creating it. And at the you had visions in your mind about when you were going to reveal said secret, the appropriate moment. And then, you know, <laughs> something happens like you get killed by a bunch of witches. Uh, I don't want to jump ahead, but then there's like a whole piece of, but if someone else knew the secret, it feels like there's like a transfer of ownership that's still then, like, even if it's out of your control on when it, maybe you were intending to reveal it, then it puts that onus on the next person holding on to it. Like, am I supposed to now honor their wishes? Oh my God, should she know this? I'm not going to jump ahead, but I just, as you said that I'm like, yeah, if you die, but if you've at least made one other person privy to it, Mm -hmm. then there's, that's a whole other piece to it. Right. Right. And it gets into that not your story to tell kind of thing. Yeah. Which is a big theme. Happens to be one of my favorite parts of the book. That thought <laughs> that thought process. But anyway. Right. Let's do the reveal on the Stephen and Rebecca. Yeah. So Stephen and Rebecca didn't tell Diana that she was a weaver, that she was the powerful witch, that they suspected that her powers were greater than anything they had known or seen. And this impacted Diana. And then basically everybody around her through her whole life until the book starts. I think she's always known there was something up, but she certainly didn't know she had the powers that she finds out later that she has. Right. And it certainly affected sort of her relationship with her aunts. And because, you know, Sarah didn't know anything about it. And so she's 
so she's trying to be a good caretaker for, for Diana, but Diana's not interested in witchcraft. So therefore she doesn't do certain things with her as a result. And then obviously Emily knew something or was it Emily actually knew or did she just suspect it? If she knew. I feel like it's treated a, two different ways. I, I feel like in the show, Emily knew more. Yeah. Right. Than in the book. I, th- I feel like in the book she suspected. Right. But in the show, it kind of made you think that she knew because then that led to the showdown with Sarah then who felt betrayed. Right. Because Emily knew but never told her. Right. Right. And, you know, it just, it's, it's just like ripples in a pond. You, you think you've just thrown a little stone in the water, but, you know, it, it has this ripple effect and it reaches everybody surrounding Diana. Right. Yeah. I think the other part of secrets is sort of who's who's doing the secrets. I mean, on some levels, part of the thing that was so sort of extraordinary about this was that it was a parent, parents doing it to their child, mm-hmm. right? And so they're doing it, you know, for the best of intentions. They're, they're concerned. They know that Peter Knox is sort of sniffing around and trying to figure out if uh, Diana has superpowers and they've got powers that other people are jealous about and, and, you know, skeptical about and sort of concerned about. Um, but I do feel, and to me, uh, and maybe this speaks more to my, my own, you know, personal life, but I feel like the fact that parents have an extra obligation not to do that kind of stuff. Yes. I was kind of going through this process this week as I was thinking about this podcast this past week and um I was thinking because this is this is a subject near and dear to my heart but I was thinking about adoption and the way that in olden times people would adopt a child and then it was this big secret Mm -hmm. in some families it was this big secret and so like everybody who was older than the kid knew they were adopted yeah and so and then at some point in this child's life maybe Maybe when they're 20, maybe when they're 50, somebody goes, oh, yeah, you're adopted. And then it just completely changes this person's life. And there's a sense of betrayal that goes with that because these people knew the secret about you. Right. And had been looking at you differently all of your life because they knew the secret about you. And you never had a you never had a clue. I don't know why that is so tied in my mind with these secrets, but I think it's just the secrets that you keep from a child and you do it as a parent to try to protect your child, but you wind up really effing them up in the long run. So how, how old was Diana when she was spellbound? Like to me, I'm, I don't remember from the book, you know, if there was an, Oh God, is this a pop quiz? No, no. Wait, I don't remember the exact age if it's said in the book, but when I look at her in the show, yeah. she was like, what, maybe seven? Yeah, I was going to yeah. say eight, I, seven like is that. the number that yeah. was in my head. So g- given that, I mean, could they have told her and made it into sort of a game? And in other words, you know, some is there, and I, I'm just asking this as sort of an abstract question of whether or not that would have been another way to do it, in which case the secret would have been the family secret rather than... Mm-hmm the secret that of which holds Diana back from actually understanding herself, you know, for, right. for, for decades, actually, you know, um, and um, whereas, you know, but I understand the concern from a 
parents part of like, but will the child actually be able to shut up, you know, and not say something? Right. And, you know, I mean, I think that's a risk. Um, but that might have been another way to do the secret in a way that was more inclusive um, and potentially less damaging. You know, we all know family secrets that don't go well. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I think we can take a moment and say, yep, uh -huh, I can I can name one um, or seven. Um, anyway, but I wonder, you know, that might have been another way to handle it where it, it would have been a little less damaging anyway. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, you do have me wondering if there was some big plan to like, let's just give it a few years to all the maybe the intense uh, microscope that we're under fades a little. I have a feeling it would have never faded, which has me wondering if there was ever a plan to reveal it to her. Right. right. And and then I'm like, to your point, like, let's let you in on it. It's like, what a great time to uh, to tell a kid that you've manipulated sort of who they are and what they're doing um, in, during the teen years. Let's definitely roll that out during the teen years. Those aren't tumultuous at all. <laughs> Um, and right. then, and then tell them to keep keep quiet about these amazing right. powers we've prevented you from having. Um, so when I play all that out, I'm like, they were never going to tell her until she was like, yeah. No, 30, I think that's right. Which is now. So here we are. Yeah. But um, yeah, I I mean maybe not. Can't really say in a hypothetical scenario. And I'm sure as the rest of us all parent on the fly, right? You wish that there is a formula or a manual or anything to get you through it, and really you just go with what feels right on instinct and as that instinct mm -hmm. either changes or evolves or the picture changes shape you make different choices to adapt to that new vision and so who's to say when they would have revealed this or not because they don't get to tell us they're not right. here to tell right. us yeah i mean and it's you know look it's a better story this way so sure but <laughs> man did it muck her up <laughs> Oof. Yes. I'm just thinking if my parents had come to me when I was like 15 and said, look, you've got some powers. Yeah, they'd be off. You, you can't tell anybody, but you've got some you've got some powers. I think I would have set fire to everything. Exactly. I, I was about yeah. to say, I actually picture your 15 year old coming to you and being like, hey, mom, just so we're clear, I do have powers. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, well, we already know that. Yeah, right? I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's the reverse scenario. But yeah, like, what 15-year-old wouldn't just be like, I'm going to try it out on everything. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. Well, maybe that's not the age that you would reveal it. I think that's fair. Yeah. Anyway, it, it you know, as with you said before, with your lovely ripple, you know, metaphor, I mean, it, it's, it, it ripples out. And so, of course, it affects Emily. And, you know, it affects Sarah when she discovers that, you know, her sister didn't trust her enough with the secret. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, if we're going to talk about that for a little second, I have to, for a second, Jesus Christ, I cannot talk tonight. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I think you're doing a fantastic Ugh. job. That moment in the show, or it, it was a series of moments in the show when, when the secret came out and Sarah and Emily sort of had their reckoning. Those were some of the most beautiful scenes in the show. Yeah. And I think it it ultimately drew them closer because the secret was out. Everybody knew. Nobody had to, to hold things back anymore. And so I, I think it did draw everybody closer eventually. But man, what a way to get there. Yeah, and it could have just as easily not gone that way right you know? um yeah now you, uh, you just said that and i'm thinking 
like the weight of carrying around a secret that large has to feel as debilitating as actually being spellbound. Like you think that you're, you know what I mean? Like you're not the one who's um, been physically altered in some way to kind of contain you and and restrain your power. And yet the weight of holding on to something like that, you might as well have like a thousand pound blanket on. Yep. I think, I think that's a really good way of describing it, that a secret is like being spellbound. Go Ashley. Thanks, guys. One a show. One a show. <laughs> well, and when you sing, then we'll have two moments. So, anyway. <laughs> I'm waiting for that. Right, right. Those were my favorite scenes as well. Just, I want to state that for the record <laughs> while you're on it, because I'll find, I'll, I'll sing the praises of any moment that we can bring that up. Um, that moment with them on the couch. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So well done. Ooh, yeah, every time. Yeah, so well done. So then we have Diana. Diana. Who has her own secrets. Even though she's, you know, the focus of a big secret, she still manages to keep her own. She confuses me because she's got secrets from herself. Yes. How do you tell yourself secrets? But she does. I mean, she lies to herself, whatever whatever it is that she needs to do to not fully recognize what is going on. Right. So I guess the point of that is that it's sort of, that's the other, you know, that's another way in which secrets can be negative, right? In that they sort of, they um, force you to act in ways that you, that you are lying to yourself. I mean, this is one of my problems with secrets is that it's the line between a secret and a lie is so close. (laughs) Um, Right. Because when you're keeping a secret and somebody asks you about it, you have to not tell the truth when you keep the secret, right? So, and I, you know, lying is one of my, one of my buttons. Um, You know, I used to say to my kids before I was about to ream them out about something, I'd be like, don't, I'm going to ask you this question once and don't, don't add lying to where we are in this chat because that's not going to, that's not going to go well. I always tell, I always tell my girl, when I ask you a question, you need to answer honestly and truthfully because the odds are I already know the answer. Oh yeah. That's good. Be omniscient. It's good that, so, it's good that she thinks you're omniscient. Yeah. Yeah. I think she knows the truth, but well, we're, I, I keep going with that. But so I was thinking about something, you know, I, I do, I do a lot of HR work in my, in my regular job and I have a lot of secrets. It would be unlawful for me to talk about many of the things I know. So I keep the secrets because they protect people. Mm-hmm. And I, so I was, I was thinking about this also in the context of, you know, what Ashley was saying about secrets, how they, you know, they, they weigh you down. And I was thinking my work secrets, they don't weigh me down because they aren't personal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I can, <laughs> I, I can look at these people and go, okay, yeah, I know this thing and this thing and this thing that I can never talk about, and that's cool. And then I can just go on with my day. If that was my family, I think it would weigh me down a lot. So I think somewhere in this mix, the impact that secrets have on people is determined by how close you are to them or how close they are to you and what other kind of feelings there are. Because if you know a secret about somebody, but you also aren't emotionally invested in them it's not it's not that big of a deal really right yeah you know 
Well, and I, th- I think, I think, I think that's a good point. There are times when secret secrets are are good. You are being professional in your example there. Diana won't tell Satu what she knows, right? You know, and she will not let Satu inside to to learn what what she does know. So there are times when that right. sort of pr- protection is a, is a good move. Um, yeah. And actually, these books have helped me a lot in my work because when people come up and ask is so-and-so pregnant, mm. I can just say, that's not my tale to tell. I know. It's like the greatest sentence ever. I'm <laughs> serious. I When I first read it, I was, I, I was like, that's, yes, that's amazing. And I'm going to use... I mean, you know, and it's the kind of things where, you know, a person is six months pregnant. They're clearly, you know, something is clearly going on here, but they haven't told for whatever reason, because that is other, that is someone's story to tell, right? Yeah. And they just look at me like, why don't you just say it? And I'm like, because it's not my tale to tell. Yeah. When it's when it's time to be told, it will t- it will be told. Yeah. No, it's 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 true. It's it's I have used it in real life. So mm-hmm. um, y'all are um, just taking me on a just a magical Mr. Toad's wild ride now, right now because I'm still reeling from like Janet right when you said that you you're having issues because the the line between lie and secret is so thin was in the exact moment where I was like wait was I about to give thoughts about a lie is this podcast about lies or secrets god I've gotten the theme mixed up already we got to that we clarified that and and it is super murky and now I find myself cataloging all the HR secrets that I have in my head and making sure that I'm not like keeping anyone in some sort of um compromising situation (laughs) yeah now you've got my brain in that direction but uh I have also used the that's not my story to tell because I'm in the business in that day job of telling other people's stories and it's like that one's not mine to tell that's not mine to tell I haven't been professionally bound or contracted to tell that story in a public setting that's not for you to know yes thank you Deborah Harkness yes I mean for many things but specifically she she understands your plight. She's in academia too. <laughs> it came from a place of commonality for you. Should we have a break? Wait, can I just say one last thing about Diana? No. Well, <laughs> I don't yet. But thank you for asking. Yeah, right. Okay, so go to go ahead. Do the break now. No, no, say the Diana thing. No, well, her mother, and when she's sort of having these recollections, etc., her mother says to her, "You are my greatest secret." And, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a lovely thought. And it sort of gives you an understanding of where um, Rebecca was coming from in all of her actions around this. So it's just couched in a, in the secret theme. But I, I just, I thought that was lovely. It is so lovely and touching. And think about, when you think about your children, how much pride you have and how, you know, you want to tell the people, you want to tell people the things that they've done. And for her to know that she had this, she had given birth to this magical being, right? Yep. And she couldn't share it with anybody because if she had, it would have meant the death of her child. Right, mm. right. I find that line so bittersweet because as mothers, we just we just want to bore people to death with stories about how great our kids are, and she just, she just couldn't. Yeah, yeah. right, right. No, I know. Yeah. In a way that Diana could probably never understand until she has the babies of her own <laughs> with mm-hmm. with special powers, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because you said we were allowed to talk about all three, right? I can't remember. Did I just? Are you going to have to edit me? Oh, I think I think everything is fair. Fair game, oh, yeah. people. Oh, You've yeah. had a no. lot of time to catch up. I mean, if the show yes. didn't suck you in to read all three books, there's just no hope for you. Yeah. But but please do exactly. keep listening. Yeah. Really. Yes. <laughs> Don't. Yeah. Exactly. But maybe also have a wine break with us. Ooh. Yes. Maybe. Before we get into the uh, to the mother of all secret covers or, or, or the keepers or the or the lover of all secret keepers, because I think you all know where we're headed next, mm-hmm. <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> <sighs> all these secrets, I think we should definitely break for wine because we're going to need it to keep sludging through. So I talked to Byard, and keeping on theme with this episode, here's what he's about to give us. Are you, I don't I don't think you're ready. <laughs> um, so he's agreed to lift the veil on the winemaking world and share with us a few secrets of the business. Wow! Like maybe that's so cool. I know what's like he was like you know there's some there's some tricks of the trade there's some things that get added here and there that you're not aware of and some other stuff I could share and I'm like well now you've got me wondering if I want you to share or if I wish they just stayed hidden but I'll let you decide for yourselves once you hear what he has to say. Well, which is of course true with all secrets. Right? Correct. Yes. So, mm. put them back in the wine cave. <laughs> Take it away, Bayard. Hey, everybody. This is Bayard. I'm here with your wine note of the week. Well, this week we are talking about secrets of the wine industry. That's right. Some of the little known stuff that goes on behind closed doors that us as consumers may not be aware of. The first thing isn't necessarily a secret. It is a federal law. So when you go and you pick up a bottle of Chardonnay or Cabernet or Merlot, by law, the winemaker is only required to put 75% of that grape in the bottle. Sometimes they use 100% and it is 100% varietally pure. However, they blend in a few other things usually in order to create a certain taste profile. So in some red wines, you may have other red wines blended in. So if you were to pick up a bottle of Cabernet, it could be 100% Cabernet Sauvignon. However, usually it is blended in with other grapes. So you'll have a bottle of Cabernet, but it will also have a little bit of Merlot and maybe a little bit of Malbec blended in as well to create a certain flavor profile. Same goes for white wines. You could have some Chardonnay or some Sauvignon Blanc that may have a touch of Viognier blended in or Chenin Blanc in order to create a certain flavor profile. The next two are arguably the most disturbing. So in keeping along the lines of creating a certain flavor profile, especially in red wines, you want to be able to have some oak aging. You want to be able to have that wine rest in barrel for a certain amount of time. Well, that's expensive. Barrels are expensive. So what do winemakers do in order to cut corners? They will sometimes put in extracts that taste like wood, or they will put in a very, very fine wood dust that dissolves in the wine that makes it taste as though it's rested in barrel. The third technique is steeping chips. So just like you would steep a tea bag in hot water, they will take a lot of oak chips and literally steep them in red wine for many weeks at a time. As that infuses into the wine, it makes it taste as though it has been put in a barrel. These are some of the corners that the wine industry will cut in order to sell more wine, get wine to market quicker, and make more profit. The last piece is called Mega Purple, and Mega Purple is a concentrate that is used in a lot of mass-produced wines. It is high in sugar, high in alcohol, and when you blend it in with actual grapes that have come right out of the vineyard, it gives a certain flavor profile that can be very, very attractive. It also helps winemakers to take, let's take an average of, say, a gallon of wine and stretch that out to be maybe a gallon and a half or two gallons by adding concentrate to it. Yes, you're watering it down, 
but you're creating a certain flavor profile by adding this concentrate to the natural wine in order to get that certain flavor profile that you're going for. All that said, there's a sea of really, really good wine out there. Don't let any of what I've said deter you from going out and trying new wines and new labels and just enjoying wine all around. Cheers. I don't know why I started laughing. <laughs> because you're not sure if you'd wished he'd kept them hidden or you're happy that he shared. Happy or hidden. Happy or hidden. I am so happy that Byron shared secrets with us. Wine secrets. Because maybe those are the best secrets. True. Maybe. Maybe. So now that we're um, now that we're a little lubricated with the wine... Sorry, in my head, I'm all like, a spoonful of wine makes the secrets go down. Yes! <laughs> Didn't you let us in there? There you go. Could we do, could we do like um, a recording of you singing just all the songs that you have done on podcasts? What a beautiful compilation. Yes. Who right. wouldn't want that? Mm. Mm-hmm. You remember all those like <laughs> album compilation commercials yeah. we saw in like the eighties? Yes, right, exactly. It would be Ashley's compilation. <sighs> Let's put a pin in that. Yeah, it's fair. Let's. How will anyone go on until it's produced? <laughs> we got to talk about some heavy stuff here. Mm. Yes, Matthew, because Matthew is a treasure trove of secrets. Most of them unpleasant. I mean, <laughs> wait. Okay, here's a good question. Does Matthew have any good secrets? Mm. something that you learned and you were like oh that's so sweet well i mean i guess the fact that he's with the the knights of lazarus and you know i mean okay is you know that's generally a good organization they've been helping the downtrodden etc cetera, etc cetera. and he doesn't he doesn't okay, spread he doesn't that. spread the word about it i like that you know on the other hand did he need to keep it a secret from his wife or his soon-to-be wife mm, not sure but at any rate, but it's generally a positive. I like that. He's like a Salvation Army ninja. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say a spy, but your Salvation Army ninja is pr- better. Better <laughs> as like such usual. Such a do-gooder. Do- yeah. Such a do-gooder. Yeah. Matthew has a lot of secrets, most of them bad. As we mentioned before, he has a bad habit of killing people, killing women specifically that he's in love with. Never a good look on a man. No, no. <laughs> I've watched a lot of Law and Order SVU that has told me that that is correct. That is correct sentiment. Right. And right. just general common sense. Don't kill your lovers. No, just don't. He has blood rage. See first bullet point, which is why he keeps killing the women he's in love with, or one reason. I have a question, though. All right. So yes. just based on, like, sheer numbers. So Diana's got a few. Rebecca and Stephen had a few. But they're mortal creatures, and they have a finite time to their lifespan. And Matthew has a lot of years on the the, the other ones mm. that we're evaluating. Oh, yeah. So I just feel like by sheer numbers, of course, he's got a lot more secrets and some more things in the vault because he has more years of keeping them or hiding them or having them, in, you know, be his stories to tell that you probably lose track of where you should tell them and when. I mean, 1,500 years is a long damn time, you know, compared to her 30-something of trying, of keeping them. And, and so I don't know. I just am like, based on numbers alone, like, is he any better or worse than anyone? Or is it just that he's been around mm. a lot damn longer to have a lot more in the vault? I think, 
That's fair. I think that's a good point. I also think, or I'm going to raise the question of, is it also because he's a vampire and the whole sort of, you know, loyalty and family clan mentality is, and, and, you know, just by dint of how they've had to live, like every so many years, he has to basically quote, disappear, go someplace else, you know, adopt the persona of somebody who's recently, you know, snuffed it. Right. I mean, you know, so you're, so you're immediately always, everything you do is a secret, you know, based on your persona is a secret. Um, so, uh, I, it, I think it goes to what you're saying, Ashley, but I also think it's just by, by dint of how they operate, that it has to build more secretive behavior. No joke. Can we get someone uh, from the FBI or the CIA as a special guest on this? Because I feel like it must be a comparable type situation that you're describing of like, it's not that I don't want to say, I just can't say anything. I've been conditioned in a setting where that is not a favorable thing to do. It's dangerous for everyone. Yeah, right. And, and, you know, and he's, he's also in his defense in terms of how and when he shares his secrets with Diana, which, you know, leaves something to be desired, I think. But part of it is, remember, he is super cautious about allowing their relationship to, you know, become deeper because he's aware. He's like, you, you don't do this mating thing lightly. You know, this is this is for an eternity, you know, whether your your eternity will be shorter than mine. So and and my life is complicated so if you're going to buy into it, we really need to be careful. Mm-hmm. And I think that affects his ability to, to, sh- to sort of reveal himself to people, which is part of how his secrets are, are, you know, occur and are perpetuated is it's all part of the, I'm pretending to be this other person now, you know? I feel like, you know, don't, don't we all build up a wall when you're getting, ugh into a new relationship and you may you have stuff from your past that that haunts you let alone you're not sure where it belongs in this new situation and you're hesitant to even dive into it um i just feel like his is at a level that we will never be able to comprehend you know as we can from the words in the book but like again to the the 1500 years of of watching people go how you're even in the situation at 1500 years because you are a vampire but I'm sitting mm-hmm. here thinking, like, I don't know, it feels sort of relatable, but just on a different scale of, like, we all have a wall that we're like, I'm not sure how much I'm willing to let you behind that just yet as we're working our way into this new partnership together. Um, his just feels ironclad in the beginning. I was just sort of thinking about, you know, in a relationship, secrets versus truth versus lies. Like, you know, when you come home from a shopping trip. Did you buy a new dress? Yes, I did. That's the truth. Is it a, Is the price you paid for it a secret? Are you lying if you just don't give the price willingly? Is it okay just to keep the price of the dress to yourself until you are asked yes. specifically how much it costs? Yes. I'm asking for a friend. Yeah, I think yes. The journalism side of me, I can only imagine what Janet's thinking. Like, I only answer questions that were asked. That's what I tell people in the PR world. Like, here's your talking points. You only answer and only stick to this and bridge back to where you need it to be. <laughs> so yeah. I'm saying if you weren't asked directly, why would you just jump to price? Right. Yes, yes I bought a dress. Yeah. Period. Right. It's also possible 
speaking hypothetically, that when you buy a dress mm. like that, maybe you pay $50 in cash and then you only charge the other $50 and then, <laughs> and then the charge is $50. So that is pro level. Uh, yeah. Well, whatever it is, it's pro level. That because I don't know what describes it is, my adoration with Venmo right there because it's not real money; it's just sitting there like play money, and so it doesn't count if you spend it. Yes. Like, it's just sitting it's there. It's in the monopoly totally. bank. It's just sitting there. Um, I have a friend who would answer your dress question because, hypothetically speaking, if this were to happen, with did you just did you? Did you go buy a dress and bring it home? Are you bringing home bags of clothes? And she would say, no. And that would be because she had the clothes shipped to my house and then picked them up from here so that the the packages arriving on the doorstep wouldn't draw alarm. Yeah, see? I mean, you know, we all have our areas where... Right. It's just it's just better on a... It's a need-to-know basis, and I'm pretty sure you don't need to know. Yeah. Yeah, so we've just described Matthew, basically. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Through, with retail examples. I love it. Yeah. Right. Are those new shoes, Janet? No. <laughs> I've had them a long time. You just haven't noticed them. That worked better when I worked lived part-time in Albany. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. But Matthew has a lot of modeling from his father, who is also, I mean, they are both vying for king of secrets, I think. Oh, Philippe. Philippe is the puppet master. Yeah. I mean, I love him. Yes. I love him. Although this thing of this keeping the secret of how Philippe dies, I think, is just one of the most gut-wrenching. Mm. So when Diana and Matthew go back in time to see Philippe, you know, Diana is really concerned about seeing, about Matthew seeing his father again, because let's just assume that everybody knows how Philippe dies. And she just knew it was going to be really painful. For Matthew, obviously they couldn't, I guess they could have told Philippe how he died in the future. I, he sensed yeah, at some he, point he, that he wasn't alive in the time that they came from. Yeah. So he knew that he was dead in their time, but he didn't know how he died. And Diana and Matthew, this they never really discussed this, but, you know, obviously they didn't tell him when he died. And I just wonder, you know, I know that was a hard secret for them to keep, but also I think about, you know, should anyone know the hour of their death? As difficult a secret as that is to keep, how horrible would it be walking with you walking around with the knowledge of when you're going to die? Because I don't... That... Bleh. Bleh? Eh? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> laughing at how you're, we're reduced now to just making sounds. Anyhow. No, I think it's... I just, that's all yeah. I got. <laughs> yeah. No, I think... I mean, I, yeah, I think that... I just think that whole thing is just is just gut-wrenching. If you knew when you were going to die, who would you tell, if anybody? Right? I mean, that's right. like the ultimate secret because you don't want you don't want your family to be sitting there being sad and freaking out and worrying about everything, right? So you right, just kind of looking at you with their heads cocked to one side like what's she thinking now? Yeah, right. No, I know, right? So I don't I'm just sitting here. I, I don't want to know the information. And also, uh, that's my answer to it. Like, no, no one should have to carry that knowledge. And if you all have it, spare it from me. If you know it about me, spare it from me. And then there's a piece of me that's like, unless it's like, hyper specific in the information, like, hey, 
Uh, and again, I watch a lot of Law and Order. So it's like one of those where it's like, no, for sure, don't go into that movie theater. Here's what's going to happen. Um, as opposed to like the Outlander moment where it's like, you're just going to vaguely die in a fire at some point. You know, it's like, wait, what? Right. What am I to do with that? You know, so right. I, I know there's part of me that's like, wait, if I knew that something really harmful was about to happen to Nikki and this very specific situation, I shouldn't tell Nikki to avoid that one situation. Right. That That's hard for me to swallow because I'm like, eek. And then if that thing ha- actually happens, you know, like, then is the knowledge that you maybe could have spared her from harm harder to hold than it is... Um, keeping the secret i i would think yes i mean just you know it's just the three of us right i give you permission to tell thank me. you good oh, god okay you don't have to carry that around <laughs> so please help me save myself yeah i mean i get it if it's like hey i've got this vision that uh generally in a car or on a plane or something and then it's like no because i don't want to alter like the spirit of adventure right. and going and the the way that those things help us to get to people and to having moments that we wouldn't have if we just stayed like a shut-in avoiding situations because we're worried about what that could turn into but oh god i'm having a lost flashback (laughs) (laughs) it's been it's been one week since nikki finished watching lost (laughs) it's still very fresh no i'm just thinking about desmond who has visions of charlie dying charlie keeps doing things and they keep saving him because desmond's had a vision of him dying in this place and eventually he wasn't able to save him Mm. right right a great show i can't tell you how many lost moments i have on a regular basis now jj abrams (laughs) yeah i feel feel like i need to rewatch it well you know Four months out of your life. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and we don't yet have a, uh, a premiere date for this fine show, so you got a little time to fill. Exactly. Yes, there True you go. story. Anything else about Philippe? I can't wait to see him. I know. I know. I'm so excited for I know. season two. Okay. And to see Septours both in modern times and in what time, Janet? What time oh, wait. are you going Elizabethan to? England? <laughs> Drink. I, I, I gamboon today, by the way. I played Viola da Gamba today in oh. preparation. Side note. No, I honestly, um, it took a second. I I was not familiar with that verb you <laughs> the used. Turn gambooning? Oh, God. Yes. Right. And I was like, she bamboozled what? <laughs> I, what was that? She, gambo- she... gambooned. Is, if, you are ga- if you're playing the Viola da Gamba, you are gambooning. True story. My God, this podcast is huh. educational with an e rating yes really right wow yeah which it it's a word that you know you you know my daughter she never lets me forget it i'm gonna use it frequently with you now that i've heard it i was like she just slipped in a verb we've never heard nikki nikki <laughs> yeah really anyway it was so foreign to me it didn't even register yeah, right well <laughs> there you go anyway that was a side note because we said the phrase elizabethan england so. Janet, the great gambooner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyhow. We got one last secret to talk about. Or maybe there's more, but. Well, we're going to just talk we'll about see. one because, you know, we don't for want this podcast chapter, right think. for this chapter. Mart, she doesn't tell Diana. Here, this tea. It's just because I love you and want you to be healthy. <laughs> doesn't it smell pretty? And you have to make it exactly this way. And you have to drink it every day promise you will 
I don't know. At a certain point, if I, Diana, really, you want to be like, hello, right? Are you, are you not at all curious about this, this concept? But she wasn't. And then, you know, we learned what it really was, which was basically, you know, a for herbal birth control. Your herbal birth control. Right. I like that how Janet, how you just described Diana. She would have made a fi- she would make a fine cult member. The way yep. you just described her, like here, oh, yeah. no, no, don't question right. the Kool Aid. Just have a little sip, but drink it every time like this, yeah. right? And and only use these flowers, yeah, right. And and you can pick out the flowers, right? The flowers in the garden, you see them, right? <laughs> you cool, right? Oh. Herbal birth control. That's fantastic. This was a secret that Mart and Isabeau had shared it, yes, right? Yes, Is- Isabeau they, knew. They were in cahoots. Yeah. No, Isabeau knew. This comes out when they're at the bishop house when Diana's making her tea. And then I think it's Sarah who's like, wait, what are you drinking? Scooby ears go up. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so there's this... There's this, the ne- it's the next moment of reckoning when they all start putting all these puzzle pieces together and she realizes what she's been drinking. And that causes Diana and Matthew to then have a conversation about, well, if they could have children, would they want children? I don't know. Do you want children with somebody you've been dating for 33 days? <laughs> you know, is that enough time to decide? Yeah, right. Eh. And that would just be if they were normal people. Much less, much right. less a, a vampire and a witch, who are who are right. being chased by the congregation. Oh my God! I'm sorry. I, mean, I just had this flashback to a friend like 10, 12 years ago. She's never going to listen to this. We're not that close anymore. This is not a secret. She would have told this just to be clear. But she she was getting divorced and she started dating this guy who was also on his way and he was much older and he had a vasectomy scheduled for the end of the month. And she was like, do you think it's weird that I ask him not to get it? And I was like, how many dates have you been on? She was like, well, I mean, like three. But I'm just curious if you feel like that's weird to tell him not to get a vasectomy. Mm. Um, I'm just going to tell you they have an eight-year-old. So. Yeah, <gasps> right. So I guess they worked that through. Yeah, but it's, oh my yeah, it's the moment where you're like, I'm not sure how to answer that. Um, it sounds right. like you've got your mind made up. I'm not inserting myself into that conversation. Let me know how it goes. Yeah. Good, good, good choice on your part. Yeah, but um, I my standard response to all those is there's no right or wrong way to eat a Reese's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fantastic! So, <laughs> candy logic. That's great. Um, I also am just like just having a good giggle in my head, picturing like this comedic showdown re- recolored through the Ashley brain of her just like stir, 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 like steep, 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 mix this in here, dab it this in there, stir, stir, like just so happy. And then like, what, what's that in there? I'm sorry. What are you doing? Like just the awareness of the ants, like, mm, no, 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 no. Hold up. Don't take a sip of that. Like, what? It's this, oh, no, it's like part of our ritual Martin and I had. <laughs> it's like yeah. our downtime at night. No, it's not. Um, and, and it's like how trusting we can be, right? Because Diana is like such an intellect, so smart. It's got some good instincts about her, some common sense here and there. But it's like, well, but she's the, she's the den mom. She was so cuddly, and she took care of me, and she told me to take these herbs. She made, she made she made me eggs. She made me eggs. She understood <laughs> oh, that I needed yeah. actual food. And toast. Yeah. Right. Ooh, now that's made me wonder, did you ever have any rituals with your family that you thought were wholesome bonding moments that you found out later as an adult 
were not what they seemed. Ooh. 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 Uh, I can't think of any, I but... Hmm. Janet, have yeah. you enabled any of those moments with your children? <laughs> <laughs> no, not that I'm not that I'm recalling instantaneously, but I'm I'll, sure my I'm sure my family has had plenty of them and I just wasn't I just was one of those unwitting participants. Yeah. We're going to email your family yeah, oh, to yeah. see how they would answer this question. Yeah. But right. Put a put a put a pin in that too. Um yes, so thus right. far for for chapter 2 of our uh secrets conversation there'll be an ashley singing compilation and janet's family traditions unveiled yes yes right the real story of what my children have done yeah i yeah i think that's good it'll be a it'll be a bestseller wow we have plans for the future clearly yes uh oh can can i say one last thing about uh, yeah i'm not asking that question um i'm gonna say one last thing about secrets which is um i don't remember who said this but maybe isabeau vampire lives are measured in secrets kept not years Ooh, i think that's a good that sounds like isabeau it i think it was isabeau and um anyway so with that do you think that matthew is younger or older than 1500 years (laughs) yes seriously (laughs) he's like 1500 secrets yeah that's great I'd, I'd like to measure my life in tacos, but I like that they're measuring it in secrets. Oh, tacos. Yes. <laughs> I would be about as old as Matthew, I think, maybe in the past year. Anyway, I thought that was an, I thought that was a good point. So Yes. Maybe that's a good point to stop on. Ashley, you got anything you want to say? Happiness lies in your own hand. <laughs> it took me much too long to understand how it could be until you shared your secret with me something's coming over me oh my god my baby's got a secret listen i didn't say i was gonna sing well i just said i was gonna sing at some point we're gonna have to start paying royalties and you know what i'm okay with that oh that would be if madonna at some point could identify that that might have been an attempt at her song she might charge me but i'm fairly certain we just got off scot-free <laughs> uh yeah no shame none all Listen. right well i i don't think we can i don't think we can top that conclusion no i don't think we can either and if i could find our outro i would read it and then we would be finished it's sure in the meantime you can all um, ponder whether the e rating we have for our podcast just covers my singing just award people <laughs> great Okay, I think that's going to do it. Thanks for spending some of your valuable time with us as we discussed all things, all souls. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And then if you feel inspired, you'll leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to join in the conversation, find us on Twitter and Instagram at AllSoulsWW, on Facebook at AllSoulsWitchyWomen Podcast and Blog, and online at AllSoulsWitchyWomen.com. See you soon.